Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. So my friends, think sitting around today thinking, what I want to talk about today and think, what is the most important thing that I, I could capture for you guys here and share with you? And really, I thought back to it, and I thought, you know, there's all these thousands of ideas on how to invest in real estate and all the technical jargon about the deals and about the tax laws and about all these different things, all of which we try to squeeze into 16 hours of seminar, of which uh, gets you into the position and trains you up to the position, however you'd say that correctly, uh, that you're ready to learn enough to go out and do this stuff successfully. So when I sit here and, I, and I, I thought about that, I thought, well, take it back and strip it back a little more, pull it down. And I thought to myself, you know, the most important thing that I ever came up with in my life is that you can retire and that you can retire at a very early age. And to get to that point, and you think, how, because I'm just going to throw this at you here, how, Dell? Did you, just a normal layman, you're not a financial planner, you're not a stockbroker, you're not a, a genius, you're not anything, you worked at a health club. How did you figure out how to retire by age 34? Two and a half years after I started investing in real estate, how did I learn to retire? I mean, I was born with and trained into all the normal belief systems that we all use, live with, our plan for the future, the whole bit. But each time as each one of those ideas let me down, it led me to search for better ideas. And to this day, I can't even remember, I can't tell you where I ever came up with the concept that retirement is not a chunk of money, that retirement is a financial position of cash flow. And the reason I, this is so important, because until you change to this belief system about money, right, you're never going to be able to retire, at least not unless you go and wait until you're almost dead 
and try to live off the money you have left in the bank, which is not a very effective way to retire. So what is the difference? Well, the belief system that we're all trained up to believe uh, is that we work our whole life, we save what we can save, we put it into an account, and we pile the money high. Thinking that if we can pile the money high enough, we could quit and live off the pile. That's really the theory. And there's so much wrong with that theory. You could lose it all in the stock market crash in one day, or you could protect it and make it very, very safe, but then have a very, very low rate of return on it, and really, you're just sucking the money down. And the smaller and smaller the pile gets, the less it earns each year, and the less and less you can really afford to draw down on it. Not to mention that you don't know how long you're going to live. So how do you plan that? How do you plan a draw when my whole life I thought I'd die by 65, here I am 64, and uh, man, I should have spent all my money by now. But I haven't even touched it for reasons we'll get into in a minute. But the bottom line is, is that the pile's there. I could just disappear and live off the pile. But that's not really what it's all about. And we've got to get back to the very basics of what it's all about. So you get up in the day, and we are hunters and gatherers. We are foragers, and some of us turn into farmers. But the bottom line is the whole search for existence is to put food on the table, food and shelter. And so if you really break it down to what do you really need, right? What do you really need? It very, becomes very interesting that you don't need a lot. Now, there's a story I'd like to tell you. I just thought of it just this moment. And I'm going to butcher the story because I haven't read it in a long time. But it goes something like this. There was a guy that worked in the stock market, a uh, financial planner kind of guy that goes on vacation, goes to like an island out in the Caribbean or something. And he goes and he sees this islander sitting at the edge of the, of the water, laying in the sun. I think it was, you know, just take a siesta. We'll call it a siesta. And maybe we'll change the story to a, a, a Mexican on the beach. That's even better. And um, guy comes up to him. He goes, you know, what do you do all day long? And the guy says, well, I get up in the morning. I get in my boat. I go out. I catch enough fish for the day. I come back. I take the fish downtown. I sell part of them to get money for the rest of the stuff I need. And then I eat one of two of them myself and my family. I feed my family with part of it, and, and the rest of it I go trade for money. And that's all done by about noon. He goes, what do you do the rest of the day? He goes, well, first of all, I, I take a siesta, and I sleep in. Then I get up, and I go to town, and I party all day long, all night long with my friends. We sing and dance and play and so forth. And the guy goes, man, what a waste of your life. And the guy goes, I don't understand. I have a wonderful life. He goes, no, 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 no. He says, here's what you do. Do you realize that if you would get up and go to work and not work just one hour, but if you'd work all eight hours a day and fish and fish and fish, you would make so much more money. You'd have so much more fish to sell. You could save up very quickly and get yourself a very large fishing boat. Then... You could go out with this and hire a couple people to work with you, and then you could get massive, I mean, fish massive amounts of fish. In which case, then what you could do is you could take that extra profit and buy yourself additional boats and 
hire additional people to help you, and pretty soon you'd have a whole fleet of fishing boats. At that point, you'd be making so much money you could afford to probably go buy yourself a really nice house and a car that you could take and live in and show off to people. And eventually you could get to the point where you're so wealthy you could hire somebody to run it all for you, and then you could sleep in in the morning and then go out and party all day and all night. Because <laughs> that's what I do already. Well, I wouldn't want to go through all that just to get back to where I'm at. See, that's what retirement is to people. You're living a life when you're young of retirement, of fun, partying, doing whatever you want to do. And then all of a sudden, they tell you it all has to end. You have to work. But it really doesn't. That's the point. Because you're looking at it wrong. What you really should be looking at is what is sustenance. How do I sustain life with the least amount of effort? Now, why of effort? Okay, just, just think about that for a second. Why the least amount of effort? Uh, not the least amount of effort is probably the wrong way to say it. Let me change that and say the least amount of time spent toiling. Toiling over day-to-day stuff. So now most of us get up, get in our car, drive through traffic, work all day, drive back to the traffic home, come home at night. When we come home, then we have to put up with the kids and the wife screaming at us for some other reason because they're toiling all day long too. They're toiling at school, toiling at the wife's job or toiling at home. Uh, and then, you know, you've got the dog and the dog's doing doo-doo in the backyard and you got to pick the doo-doo up and you're just toiling. And then, you know, you go to bed and you get up and do it all over again. That's life. And you just, you're running on that little wheel, you know, that little mouse wheel, whatever they're called, gerbil wheel, round and round and round the rest of your life, thinking if I could only just retire and get off the wheel. Well, the point is, why ever get on the wheel? Or, if you're already there, why don't you just get off of the wheel? And so the concept is, how do you retire? Well, first of all, you have to have this belief. Retirement is not an amount of money. Retirement is a financial position where you can live off the cash flow that your passive income creates. Now, a couple things have to happen. First of all, you have to have passive income. I do this test in my class where I have everybody take how much money they have, and they figure out what their passive income was last year. They add that all up. Most people laugh because they don't have any. And then I say, take your net worth and divide what you're worth into that passive income. And the average person out there earns less than 1%. Some people less than a thousandth of a percent on their net worth. In other words, everything they own in life makes them nothing. Less than 1% is almost everybody. The only people that earn more than 1% are real estate investors because their assets are leveraged up and doing something for them. So when we come back from the break, I want to talk about how do you take this starting belief system and turn this into an early retirement plan where you can for the rest of your life Sleep in and go play with your friends. We'll be right back with the Dell Wompson Radio Show. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Sometimes you need a change of pace. That includes your finances. Get smart with your budgeting with financial tips straight from the nerds. NerdWallet's trusted experts will set future you up for success by untangling today's web of financial misinformation. Learn about smart investing strategies, tax planning pointers, and travel tips to save on a fun family getaway. Maybe somewhere tropical? Spring ahead for smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Dana Carvey and David Spade here. You might know our podcast, Fly on the Wall. We decided to do a spinoff called Superfly, and it's fun. It's just two of us riffing on current events, pop culture. When I looked up the flight, when that door flew off, these people were dead yeah. silent. Everyone just quiet. I don't think I could contain it. I think that's free reign to wail on your call button in that situation. <laughs> bung, 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 bung. Hey, I don't want to be a pest. Was there a door when I got on? <laughs> Listen to and follow Superfly on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about redefining the definition of retirement in your brain so that you can allow yourself to retire. Because now you can't allow yourself to retire because you believe, number one, everybody works at age 65 to 70. Whether it be true or not, the majority of people do, but that's in your brain, so you're thinking, I can't quit. Number two, that there's nothing to do. Let me tell you, I have no job. I do radio shows one hour a day, three days a week, and that's it. I have no job. And I'm still busy as I can be. I can't find time to get everything done. I don't know how people have a job, get anything done in life. There's no time to live life if you're working all the time. There's, there's no way you get to the point where you have nothing to do, especially if you're successful. The next thing that comes up is that people believe if you retire, that is the end of your earning potential. You never grow. And the reality is that's not even close. Once I was able to quit my job and do real estate full-time, I found that the opportunities that presented themselves were tenfold. In other words, stuff that it would take me 10 months to find a great deal I could find in one month. Uh, when I got really good at it, I could find two or three of them a month. That's because I had the time to look. And when you find these deals, then you bring them to this next theory. And the theory I, is I made up called chunking. You won't find that one in a book anywhere unless it's one of my students. Chunking is the concept that you go out there and you buy yourself an amount of income. So I go buy a rent house, and when I started, the, the cash flow would be $200 a month because houses only cost $25,000 a piece, and now houses cost $100,000 to $150,000 a piece, so that cash flow is for $500 a month. Larger numbers, yes, because... Things inflate over 30 years ago is when I started. So now you make four or $500 a month. We'll just use 500 for easy math. Uh, you can use 400 to be conservative. That makes you feel better. So now you buy one. Now you get $5,000 a month. Each month, that's $6,000 a year. You now have a $6,000 raise that you have for the rest of your life. Now, you didn't have that $6,000 a year before, so why don't you save it? And... 
before you save to get enough money to buy a house, now just go get some more money. Let's get some money out of the debt equity in your house. Get the debt equity out of your 401k, the debt equity out of your IRA. Let's go sell off the junk that you don't use. I have all kinds of toys I don't even use. I just bought them one day whimsically and thought, man, this would be fun. We'll play with this. And we played one or two times. And he went, ah, I'm bored with it. And I should just sell them off, except I don't need to, but you do. You need to get all that money out of those toys. And then you go buy another house. Now, all of a sudden, you've got $1,000 a month positive cash flow, which is 12000 a year. You've just given yourself another raise. Now, I was so excited about this. And, of course, I had a few ducats in my pocket. Not a lot. Very small amount. But I went out and I bought one house the first month. And then I was so excited about the cash flow and how easy it was to buy the house. I bought three more the next month. So within two months, I had... $880 a month positive cash flow was $220 each house. Uh, in this day and age, let's say you have four houses to make 5000 each, you have $2,000 a month. Well, now you're starting to think real money, right? $2,000 a month. Wow. That's pretty cool. Now, I went along and I understood this chunking. Actually, I sat down. At, I'm sorry. At that point, I created the idea of chunking because I said to myself, Wow. Uh, I lived in a condo. My mortgage payment was $400 a month. I go, this amount of money covers that. I have an automobile payment, $300 a month, whatever it was. This amount of money covered the mortgage and the automobile payment. I said, hmm, wow. I've got most of my major bills covered. I go, if I could buy another house, then I could use its cash flow to pay my electric bill, my water bill, uh, if I go buy another house to pay for my food and my automobile, like gas and daily expenses, and one more just to have for saving and insurance and whatever, I'll be I'll be done. Well, I bought a couple more single houses. Things worked out that way, and then all of a sudden I came across a series of duplexes. Actually, it was five duplexes. Now, to show you what can happen, I bought this thing for crazy cheap. It was $25,000 down on $200,000 purchase, owner-financed at the time. And I didn't have enough to put twenty-five grand down myself, so I got a couple partners to go in with me. But eventually, my partners sold out to me because it was such a small investment split so many different ways. They weren't that interested. But the bottom line was this thing for $25,000 was making $2,000 a month. That's $24,000 a year. 10 houses in one purchase, all at one time. Now, let's just assume that you've got that. Now you've got four houses making you 2,000. You buy this little 10 unit, it makes you 2,000. Now you have $4,000 a month. And then you sit back and think, okay, at the time I was working in the health club business, I was making $70,000 a year, working 12 hours a day, six days a week supervisor over anywhere from three to six clubs at any one time. They would move us around. And I figured out on my $70,000 a year, divide that by 12, take out taxes and insurance. And I figured out that I was making take-home pay as much with my real estate as I was with my job. And I thought, that's it. I'm free. If I don't want to go back to work, I don't have to. Now, what happened was I quit. Because I just, I don't want to work 60, 70 hours a week anymore. And 
I piddled around for a while. And like I said, there's, you know, there's so many things to do. But my boss kept seeing me in the gym. And he goes, man, why don't you come back? Why don't you come back? Why don't you come back? I said, look, I'll come back. But I don't want to work more than four days a week. I said, just, you're insane. It's a 12-hour day. You work from 10 in the morning till 10 at night to run a health club. And he had us doing it six days a week. I said, I'll work four days a week. That's 48 hours. It's still more than the average person works. But by the way, to me, four days a week meant I had three days a week off. What a wonderful, wonderful way to live your life. In fact, to this day, I've set my life up that way to where I work no more than three days a week. So like I work Thursday, I work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday on the radio. On Monday, uh, we have a special play, and on Friday, we have a special play. What does that do? That means every single week of my life, I have absolutely nothing to do to tie me down between Friday, Saturday, in fact, actually noontime on Thursday, Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, boom, and I don't have anything to do until Tuesday noon. So it's like a complete week off every week. It's like unbelievable. So instead of working five days and taking two off, I'm working three days and taking four off. And then when I work, I only work an hour, so I can't really even call it work and really just enjoy my life with you guys talking and speaking about the things that make sense. And, and I enjoy talking. Uh, I, let me get my voice right. I enjoy speaking about them. For some reason, the lips are all tied up this morning. So as you sit here and you think about this, one of the fears is, is that you'll stop making money at a certain age when you retire. From that point on, your, your ability to make money, earn money, and your wealth will go down. When we come back from the break, I'm going to discuss that part of the issue and explain to you why that doesn't happen and how really interesting it is that it actually exponentiates your financial growth to be retired. We'll be right back with the Dell Walmsley Radio Show. Talk 13-7, the right choice. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about the thought process necessary to be able to retire at an early age. And number one thought process is you have to realize that retirement is not an age, right? It's not an amount of money. Retirement is an amount of cash flow. What we need is regular reoccurring income. That's what we live on. You can't take your 401k to the grocery store. You can't drive your 401k and you can't live in your 401k. You need regular reoccurring consistent income. And so as we produce those packages, the theory is we're going to be rich one day. It's like, okay, we, we hit the lottery, we're gonna be rich. No, it isn't gonna happen that way. What's gonna happen is we're gonna chunk our way there. And if you can't conceive chunking your way there, then you're not gonna get there because you're not gonna just all of a sudden, boom, you're rich, doesn't happen. Now, you might've saved your entire life and have quite a bit of money in the bank, in which case we can accelerate this process because we don't have to start out with houses. We can, the first chunk can be a big chunk. When you start out small though, what happens is you start out with a linear growth pattern. In other words, I can buy a house, I can figure out how to buy another house. Now that I understand, I can get more and more. I can save more and more. I get better and better credit. I can get borrow money easier to blah, blah, blah goes on. And you can literally can grow very easily. But the more you buy, the more you have, the more you have to take care of and life Definition, uh, one of my definitions, one of my delisms, by the way, is better. More is not better. Better is better. So more and more and more and more houses, linear growth, 
eventually becomes a burden. Even if you do next to nothing on each house, next to nothing times 100 is something. Now you need to benefit from the economics of scale. If you take all those houses and put them in one unit called an apartment complex, now you have the economics of scale to hire a manager and a maintenance man. No longer do you take the maintenance calls. No longer do you lease the units. No longer do you collect the money. Somebody else does all of that for you, right? You hire, you fire, you train. Or if you want, you hire a management company and pay them a fee to hire, fire, and train uh, and do your accounting. But I started out doing it myself. And I think it's one of the reasons I grew fast is because I learned the business inside out by doing it also. Um, I think you care more about your business than somebody else does running your business. Now, to do that, though, you have to be able to understand how to do it and get the knowledge. And I'm thirsty for knowledge. I'm a lifelong learner, as uh, a lot of people in our group like to call it. Lifelong learners just keep learning and learning and learning. It happens every day. So when you figure out how to do this, now you're going to take the next step, which is to grow exponentially. I went from single-family houses. I bought duplex actually duplexes. Then I bought fourplexes and I bought many fourplexes. I mean, it's unbelievable how many of these things I bought. And then I, I, I bought a whole subdivision one time of duplexes. It was 15 duplexes in one subdivision. I bought the whole subdivision. Um, I bought townhouses. Actually, it was 45 townhouses. I bought the whole subdivision minus five. There was 50 of them. I bought 45 of them. Um, on and on and on, just kept looking for ways. And I came up with a theory because I knew that I only had so much equity and I was making money and I was saving part of it, which grew my equity. But the assets themselves were growing in value. So as they did, I could either sell that small asset off and buy a larger one or refinance it and buy a larger one. So I came up with a theory and it's my exponentiality theory, another Dellism. Exponentiality theory works something like this. I'm going to look at my portfolio every year, and I'm going to go figure out how to buy something that is larger or more profitable than anything I have. Now, think about what that means. I didn't care if I was going out to go to a 30-unit because I'd never owned anything larger than a 20-unit. 30-unit was a, was a win. If I'd owned 20 units, a 25 was a win. It was larger. Why larger? Because I had to force myself to learn to manage larger businesses or more profitable. I found situations where um, I could buy a, a real estate deal that was very, very profitable, rate of return wise. It just was massively profitable. Uh, and I would get rid of something else that wasn't as profitable. So I was always pushing my for portfolio to larger and more profitable. Over and over and over again, I kept making these changes. So what eventually happened is that I got rid of all my single family houses and bought all apartment complexes. And I started with little ones. I actually had owned a 20 unit. I owned a 30, no, the 30, 34 unit. I owned a 40 unit apartment complex. I owned a 64 unit apartment complex, a 68 unit apartment complex, an 88 unit apartment complex. I owned a 104 unit apartment complex. I owned a 134 unit apartment complex. I owned a 256-unit apartment complex. I owned a 270-unit apartment complex. And I owned a 320-unit apartment complex. 
So after that, I go, well, man, I just got all these apartment complexes and I got all these units. And I said, okay, well, let's do something different. Let's grow again. And what did I do? I sold off the bottom end stuff and bought larger stuff. So I got rid of the small apartments, large apartments. And then when I got to, I had five or six large apartments, thousands of units. I said, okay, now let's get rid of the old stuff. And I started getting rid of all the stuff built in the 70s. First of all, I got rid of all the 60s, and I got rid of all the 70s, and then I owned everything that was in the 80s. And then I said, okay, I'm going to get out of the 80s, and I started buying stuff in the 2000s. I started buying Class A apartment complexes, much more expensive, probably a lower rate of return than what I made on the, on the Class C and D stuff. Well, definitely D stuff. But in the, the C and B stuff, I was making higher rates of return than I was in the A, but the A was brand new. And it was different. It was easier. It didn't dig it. it had a higher quality staff, higher quality tenants, and less maintenance and repair. It was just a completely different asset. But it was new. It was different. But here's the beauty. It was bigger as far as price tag goes. So I would sell off two apartment complexes, three apartment complexes, and buy one Class A apartment complex that costs the same thing as two or three older apartment complexes. And so I just kept expanding. And what I want you to understand is, is that there's never been a year since I started, since I've retired, and I, I call retired tongue-in-cheek, uh, meaning that I didn't work for someone else and I haven't had a full-time get-up-and-go-to-work type job since I was 34. Um, I have ever since that point in my life at 34 made more money every single year. I don't think I've ever had a year that I didn't make more money except for one year I made ungodly amount of money when I dumped a bunch of apartments to move to the next level. That year I made so much money. The year after it, I didn't own any apartments anymore because I sold them all off. I didn't make as much as I had the year before. That was because I made all the money in capital gains the year before. But after that, got back into real estate again, and boom, there I was again making more money than I ever had before. And just keep growing and growing and growing my business. So I want you to understand this concept of, number one, retirement is not an age, it's an amount of income. Number two, chunking is the way to get there. Number three, the inducement of exponentiality to your, to your portfolio to where you uh, start growing to better and better and better properties, larger and larger properties, better, more profitable properties, newer properties. You just keep growing your portfolio until you get to the point where Everything you own, you like. You're stable. And at this point right now, everything I own, I like. Now, I have a partner in one of my deals who wants to sell it. Because <laughs> he's, he's not happy with where he's at in life. He wants more. And he's been offered massive amounts of money for this deal. And he, he said, man, Dell, I'm just going to have to sell. I said, okay, that's fine. I'll take profit. I'll take money. Let's go buy something else. doesn't matter. So, like this last year, I've been telling you on the radio for the last couple of months, I've, I've went into contract on three different uh, real estate deals. Uh, I bumped out of one of them because in due diligence, I found stuff that was unscrupulous that I didn't want to deal with. Um, still have two that are closing in December. And um, right now, trying to get into contract on the third again, trying to get back into another one. So, I'll just keep growing it slowly, methodically, but surely grow and keep growing. For how long? For the rest of my life. They say, well, isn't there a point where you just cash it all in? No. 
There isn't. That's not the game. The game is to live off the cash flow, not touch the principal. That's what people don't understand. You're thinking some point in life you're going to cash out. Pull your chips off the table. Stop playing the game. Well, the second you stop playing the game, you stop making money. Stop making money, the quality of your lifestyle goes down. Plain and simple. That's what retirement should be. We'll take a short break. Be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we've been talking about the, the mindset you have to have to be able to retire at an early age. And the first one is that retirement is not an age. Retirement is a financial position. It's not a pile of money. It's a financial position where your passive stream of income replaces your personal earned income. And I wanted to meet, want to add in there, meets or exceeds because it, it can't exceed it. Many people elect to continue to work while they build these passive streams of income until they have a larger passive stream of income than they had of earned income. Now, to be able to do that, you have to psychologically undress your income. What do I mean by that? Figure out what you actually take home. Look at your paycheck. Don't talk about the money that's at the gross amount. Look at how much you actually bring home from your check. Because you got taxes coming out of there. And you've got other kinds of deductions coming out of there. What you're really living on, that's what you need to look at. And when you, when you look at that number that way, realistically, it, it's, a, it's about a 30 to 40% difference in the gross amount. You realize it's not that far away. Now, here's a thought. Is it easier for rich people to retire or for poor people to retire? And with my definition, it's actually just as easy for each. Why? Because whatever it is you have as far as money, if you have a smaller amount of income, you only have to replace a smaller amount of income. If you have a large amount of income, wow, you've got a lot to replace, but by God, you should have some money. Now, let's say that you have no money, whether you're on the lower economic social end of the uh, lower end of the socioeconomic brackets, or you're in the upper end, whether you make a little bit of income or a lot of income. If you have no money, that's a secondary problem. That's a problem with spending. You spend too much money. It's not how much money you make, it's how much money you spend that dictates how much money you have to invest. And so, unless you're on a subsistence living, right? You live on social security or you live on uh, welfare or something like that, then you really should be able to save money. Now, by the way, if you're on some kind of subsistence, you've got to ask yourself, why? Why aren't you out there doing something? In this day and age, work is almost, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, because with the pandemic thing, you want to go, no, people can't get jobs. It's not true. There's work everywhere. It's just, it's not the kind of work you've trained yourself to do. In my company, all of our employees are working, right? Why? Because of the way we have taught everybody over the last five years to work over the internet. And so 
like right now, I'm doing a radio show out of the studio at my house. I don't have to get up and go out into the COVID environment. And my employees don't have to get up and go out in the COVID environment. But they're all working. And they're all saving and they're all investing. So the savings part of it. If you can't save money, you need to go see a gentleman that I like by the name of Dave Ramsey. He's going to teach you how to create a budget and to save some money. And until you can get a few ducats lined up, a few dollars lined up, a few pennies lined up, you can't go out and invest. It just isn't going to happen. Now, there's a lot of people out there that think real estate investing is work. And you can go work in real estate as a job, but it's not investing. So I want to keep that perfectly clear. Just because you're doing something that says, I'm in real estate, doesn't mean you are retired. You're just working in real estate. I'm talking to people that literally want to buy their life back from work. And to do that, somebody's got to work for you to make a living. And that somebody has to be your money. You have to put your money to work. If you don't want to go to work, that's all there is to it. You got to change. Got to make that psychological move. So there's the steps. Start saving. Start buying chunks of passive income streams. Continue to buy those and then exponentiate that. Go bigger or better, bigger or better, bigger or better, and keep morphing your portfolio. Continue to save, continue to grow your portfolio, but keep morphing it upwards. Continuing to grow that portfolio till it gets to be large. And at some point, you'll get to the point where you've got a lot of money. Now, let's top this all off with what happens to guys like me at the top. And I'm not the top, don't, let's say I'm above average. People above average, and people at the top, which I'm not, we buy businesses. We buy intact businesses from day one, boom, go. And we have no limit because we're not afraid to let other people run the businesses, so we don't have to work in and we can buy anything we want because we don't have to work in it. And we buy them in chunks that we want. So I'm currently buying businesses that make me at least 10,000 bucks a month or better that's my chunk. I got to have 10. I looked at one that creates 20,000. I've got an offer out of one that would create 21,000 a month. I had an offer on something that's going to create 35,000 a month. I didn't get the deal. Um, once you get to this size, now remember, I'm saying if I buy this one, I add a chunk of 10 grand a month more to what I already have. If I buy three of these, I add $40,000 a month more than what I had before. Those are big chunks. That's where you aspire to grow to. Now, guys like Trump and these guys, big guys, real guys, the real money guys, they buy entire hotel chains <laughs> and increase their junk by an extra hundred million bucks a year or something, you know, some crazy stuff. But that's okay. Let's start out with just buying you a couple houses or a small apartment, and then we'll move from there. Because it doesn't take that much for you to retire. And once you're retired, then you have all the time in the world to go look for great deals and to work on your portfolio and to live your life. Because remember, ultimately, remember the story about the guy, the fisherman. Ultimately, it's not about how much money you have or make. Ultimately, it's about the quality of your lifestyle. And just to work and work and work and work and work to make more and more and more and more money is not the goal for the whole project. The goal is to buy back your life and to slowly but surely progress the quality of that life throughout your entire lifetime. And hence, maybe you leave a few million ducats to your family be after you're all done. Who knows?
but it's not the money. Remember always, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. Save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024.